Hey, fellowship. Good morning. It's so good for those of you in the room to see your smiling masks. You can, you know, isn't it interesting how we've learned to be able to look into people's eyes and see their cheeks rise when they're, they're wearing a mask, whether you're smiling or not. It's an interesting world we live in. By the way, for those in the room, thank you for wearing a mask, keeping our, our staff and our volunteers safe who are here all morning and, and those sitting next to you safe. I know it's hard, and, but we appreciate you wearing a mask. And for those of you tuning in online, we're glad you're here with us as well. We, we have a wonderful service this morning. We're very excited about it. A couple things going on. Like Josh and Jasmine said, um, we all need community. We need to be in community with each other. And we are not a church with small groups. We are a church of small groups. And we want everyone to be in a small group. In addition to coming to worship, we want you to be in a small group. And how you do that is, is this. You, you pull out your phone and you zoom in on this QR code. I saw some people taking a picture of it last week. You don't take a picture, just zoom in on it. There should be a box pop up. You click on the box. And if that's not working for you, you can at any time you can go to fellowshiprogers.org forward slash news. Anytime during the week, anytime during the service, and you'll go to the place where you can get into a small group, but also everything that's going on. And you just go to fellowshiprogers.org uh, forward slash news or, click, or uh, uh, put your camera on the QR code. We'll get you there. Our digital communicator is now online, and it's there, and you can, you can get connected that way with everything you need. If you're new, you do the same thing. Um, just zoom in on the QR code. We'd love to connect with you, or just grab one of us in between the services and we'd love to process with you and get you connected at Fellowship. We're really excited about that. Hey, at Fellowship, we value, we love life change. And one of the ways we illustrate that is through baptism. We believe that baptism is the public profession of a personal decision. If you're interested in baptism, um, just grab one of our staff. We'd love to visit with you about that. But this morning, um, we've got a baptism. And you might notice we've moved the baptismal from up high down to the stage, and we've done that for a couple reasons. One of the reasons we've done that is so the so the family can come up with them, and in, in, in their or their cell group, their student ministry cell group, or your community group can come up with you. Obviously, in these these socially distant times, they got to stay a little bit back, except for the family. But we've got a baptism this morning. Chris, you get to be the first person baptized in our new baptismal on Sunday morning. So we're excited about that. Awesome. Uh, good morning, church, and good morning, church at home. Um, we are so, so excited to be here, and I'm excited to be celebrating Chris and his life change this morning. And so uh, my name is Kyle Plunkett. I'm a part of the FSM Rogers team, and with me I have Chris's mom and his sister in the stage. Chris's cell group is here to celebrate with us, and then Austin Mulder, one of Chris's um, cell group leaders, is going to share a little bit about Chris's story. Hello? Yeah, good morning. Um, so I actually met Chris when he was in seventh grade, uh, about three years ago, and he was a curious kid, always asking questions and always, um, you know, very um, in-depth with scripture. But um, the first interaction with Jesus that he had was actually um, at a FSM worship night. And he really felt God pulling on his heart that night. And as he continued, continued to walk faithfully with FSM, continued to come to cell groups and participate in Bible studies, ask questions, um, it wasn't up until this last year at Chill Out, which is one of our 7th through ninth uh, retreats at New Life Ranch, that he knew in his heart he wanted to follow Jesus. And, um, but a little bit about Chris, 
um, I actually texted uh, all of his leaders and asked, you know, who is Chris? And so they all said around about the same thing, and that was that you walk in a humility that allows you to, you know, follow Jesus. You don't really care about, you know, what people think. You care about loving others well, and I'm proud of you. Um, there's, a, there's a lot to be said about a man who can do that. Um, Kyle? I was texting Chris last night about if he was ready for this day or not. He said, I've been waiting on this day for a long, long time, for forever. So we're really excited to get to baptize you, buddy. Um, Chris, is it your testimony in front of these other believers that you know Jesus, have given your life to him, and you can follow him all of your days? Yes. Awesome. Well, then, Chris, I baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, buried with Christ in baptism, raised to walk in new life. Fellowship, we, there's a lot of things going on in the world today and it's good to see a new life in Christ. You know, with all the things going on, the one thing it seems like those in our world are agree on is that we have a lot of disagreement and there's a lot of uh, disaster, natural disaster. There's a lot of division. But one thing that reigns true is these words. You see, God loves you so much that he sent his son to do for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. And, and that brings peace in this world. And as the verse says, it brings eternal life. And for that, I'm very grateful, amen. Well, let's stand, if you would, and let's sing those words. Let's worship the world together today. Well, good morning, church, welcome. We're gonna to continue to celebrate this morning with a song, just praising our God for who he is and, and what he's done. And this is gonna be a new song, and so I'd like to teach you the chorus. The words should be familiar, but the melody is new. It goes like this. For God so loved the world that he gave us, his one and only son to save us, whoever believes in him will live forever. Let's sing that one more time. Would you lift up these words with me? For God so loved the world that he gave us, his one and only son to save us. Whoever believes in him will live forever. Amen, let's celebrate.
convictions Come lay them down at the foot of the cross Jesus is waiting there with open arms He's open arms for God so loved The world that He gave us is the one and only Son to save us Whoever believes in Him will live forever opportunity to gather in person with you. You know, these past six months have been a powerful reminder of just how special this time is. And it matters that you are here this morning. And for those who are joining us online, it matters that you are with us because as a church, we gather in part to remind ourselves and to celebrate that no pandemic, no pandemic, no political theater, no social disunity is bigger than our God, amen? The songwriter in Psalm 46 reminds us of this. God is our refuge and strength, our very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear though the earth gives way. Though it may seem like everything is falling apart around us, we will not fear, why? The songwriter says this, Almighty God 
is with us. He is our fortress. He is our champion that will ultimately end all wars. And he calls us to be still. Be still and to know that he is God. Indeed, God so loved us that he made a way. He made a way for us to know him to enjoy him, to be safe in him through his son, Jesus Christ, that precious gift. And he is worthy of our awe. And so in this moment in worship, we shift our focus from the latest headlines to the God who is writing his story of love, his epic story of love and redemption in our lives. So in a moment, Jane is gonna sing a song that's gonna help us focus just in that way. And if you feel led to sing, then we encourage you to sing out and celebrate. If you feel led to let these words just wash over you, then we invite you to rest in the arms of the one who made you. Just 
sin and death for no work that we could ever do or have ever done but all that he has done we are living in this narrative that God has created moving us towards restoration and that makes me feel just a sense of awe and worship so would you stand with us this morning let's praise the Lord for who he is and what he's done sing this out with me
Great job, team. Great job. You are finished, right? Oh, okay, good. You just weren't going. You can be seated. Great job, team. Russell Dorsch, he's been with us 25 years. Do you believe that? 25 years. He didn't look a day over 30. He joined us when you were five, right? Hey, good morning, everybody. It's good to see you, and good morning to everyone online. We can see you, too. Just want to let you know. No, I'm teasing. We can't see you out there, but welcome to everyone. Great to be back together, but uh, I tell you what, I'm so thankful that we have the online opportunities that we will have from now on for live streaming. Thousands of people across the United States, Christians, joined in prayer for our nation. And we want this to be the beginning of prayers for our nation. No one has to tell you how wounded our country is right now. And we are a people of prayer. We believe in prayer. And we need to be praying for our nation. And so our senior leadership team uh, have put together prayers for you that you'll be receiving during the month of October uh, at this link. On the screen, you can go to that. Or if you have received our Advent devotionals and our Easter devotionals before, you're going to get those automatically. And so if you'll just uh, look forward to getting that or sign up for it here. But uh, they are, aren't comprehensive in any way, exhaustive. Uh, it's just a place for you to begin. In praying for our nation. And I pray for our nation every day. I pray for our country's leaders. I pray for our state leaders. I pray for our city leaders. And I hope you'll join me in that because they have a big responsibility. And so be sure you sign up and, and use those prayers as a jumping off place just for ideas and let the Holy Spirit lead you as you intercede for our nation. Uh, let it be known the Fellowship Bible Church of Northwest Arkansas, we believe in the power of prayer. We know, as the Solomon told us in Proverbs, that the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. He directs it like a water course wherever he wants to. And so we know that God is in control. God is sovereign. So let that be known as well. But would you join me right now as we have an election coming up? Let's pray for our nation right now. Would you join me? Take a moment and pray for our nation's leaders. Pray for the upcoming election. Pray for a return to decency and decorum. That we would, as a nation, repent of our sins. And turn to the God who owns everything. That we would honor him as a nation. That we would let that begin with us. Oh, Lord, we want to be a people called by your name who are purveyors of peace. And so, Lord, let us as the church walk steadfastly before you and before 
the world. Let them see you in us. It's in Christ's name we pray for this hour together and for our nation. Amen. Well, just a couple of things. Uh, I want to, just one quick announcement. I want let, to let you know that we poured the slab for Fellowship Bentonville this week. Yeah, isn't that great? Now, I wasn't out there pouring it. I say we like I had um, something to do with it, but uh, we did. You did have something to do with it because of your generosity. We were able to pour the slab, and very soon we'll see the steel going up, and at some time in 22. Uh, we will see uh, our first service at Fellowship Bentonville. And I'm, I'm really excited about that. I want to thank you again for your generosity and encourage you toward recurring gifts or a one-time gift or whatever you can do to help us reach that goal. Uh, in December of 2022, we will pay off the great investment, which built all these buildings that we built here. We'll pay that off. And we want to be, yeah. And there you go, Greg. I see you. Uh, and we want to pay off as well. At the same time, we want to pay off Fellowship Bentonville. So let's get focused and let's head around that uh, corner pole and get this done and uh, see what God does from there. His name was Paul, Bill, Eddie, Maxie, Billy. George, Tom and Faye, James, then another James. They were all transformational leaders in my life. I look back on them fondly. And I thank God for them because they wouldn't leave me alone. They wanted me to serve Jesus. And they wouldn't give up. They just, no matter how rude I was to them, no matter how I tried to ignore them, they would not give up on me. A young man came up to me after a service. I, I taught Saturday night last week at Mosaic. And he came up to me and, and he was doing a Bible study on campus, and he, he was just so frustrated because he said, the guys just sometimes they show up and sometimes they don't, and I don't know whether I ought to be doing this. And it took me back to Paul, first guy I mentioned here. Not the Apostle Paul, I'm not that old. But it took me back to Paul. And I mean literally, if Paul, when I was in high school, if I were sitting in a parking spot in a grocery store and he pulled up beside me, I would pull out and leave. If he pulled up at the gas station and I was sitting there, I would just leave. Because I knew he was going to invite me to church. I knew he was going to ask me to come to some event that I didn't want to go to. It wasn't cool to be there. And he was just going to get on my nerves and make me feel guilty. But he just kept on. And all these people that I just named, they just kept on. And, and, and I told the young man, just keep on trying. Just keep on trying. The Henry boys who play at the University of Arkansas and then now 
ones in the NFL. I remember I used to work with the Razorbacks, and I'd go to their dad's room. He's a pastor at Fellowship in Little Rock. And I'd go to their dad's room, and I would beg him to come down to FCA that night. Sometimes he'd come, sometimes he would But he finally did, and he found the Lord. And I told this young man, just keep trying, because you never know when one night one of those young men is going to say, you know what, the Lord's got my attention. And I'm ready to give my life to him. That's what we have to do. We just have to keep trying. And chances are you had someone invest in you like those people invested in me. A couple of months ago, I had a guy call me. His name was John. I mentored him over 30 years ago. And he just called me to say thank you. I was blown away. He said, I just want to thank you for your investment in my life. I'll never forget that phone call as long as I live. I'll always cherish that. And I want to encourage you. If you had someone to mentor you, to invest in your life, to be Jesus in your life, that that you would call them or write them. Some of the people on my list are with the Lord now. I can't write them or call them, but, but while you can, Just let them know, thank you. Thank you for investing in me. Or maybe you're that person who was like me. You're running. You're running. But what about stopping running? Stop and just say, okay. I want the Lord to have his way in my life. Well, the Apostle Paul He wouldn't let people go. He wouldn't give up on people either. And we see that in his life as we study the book of Thessalonians. We're in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 1 today. We've got 12 verses to cover. And first of all, I want you to remember where he was mentoring. I want you to look at this map. There in the left-hand corner, you have Greece at the bottom, Achaia. Or you can pronounce it Achaia, tomato, tomato, whichever way you want to go. And the same with Thessalonica, or if you want to call it Thessaloniki. Uh, Thessaloniki is what it's called today. You can call it Thessalonica, tomato, tomato. Either one works, but you'll know what I'm talking about. But up in this left-hand corner, Greece is at the bottom there in Achaia. You see Corinth there. And then on up further, Macedonia reaches into the Balkans. That's where the gospel, as you studied last week, is ringing out. It's reverberating. Paul says, I don't have to brag on you because everyone else is. You're sharing the gospel and people are hearing it. And notice that the gospel, you have Jerusalem down here in the right-hand corner at the bottom. Notice the gospel is moving west. And why is that a good thing? Because we're in the west. The gospel was headed in our direction. And so in Thessalonians chapter 2 and verses 1 through 12, here's what we're going to see. And let me just give you an outline of the passage, and then we're going to work through it a verse at a time. We're going to see the marks of transformational leadership is ministry that is effective and productive. In verse 2 and 3, we're going to see ministry that is compelled by pure motives. In verses 4 through 6, ministry that seeks God's blessing. In Verses 7 through 9, ministry that loves selflessly. In verses, verse 10, ministry that demonstrates holiness and righteousness. 
And last of all, in verses 11 and 12, ministry that encourages, comforts, and corrects. So let's look at verse 1, which is really the thesis statement for the whole chapter. He says, you know, brothers and sisters, that our visit to you was not without results. In other words, it was productive and effective. Good things happened, even though we faced opposition while we were there. That's what we want. We want ministry that produces results, that that seeks the blessings of God. And we're going to see that in this passage. Whatever we do for Christ is never in vain. His word does not return unto him empty. And in a good passage for me that I always follow is 2 Peter 1, 5 through 9. In 2 Peter 1, 5 through 9, I encourage you to memorize it. It says this, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge. In other words, add to that just being a good person, uh, to that basic faith, just be a good person. Stop kicking the dog. Add to that faith goodness and to goodness knowledge the knowledge of the word of God and to knowledge self-control putting it into practice don't just read it put it into practice and to self-control perseverance in other words don't just put it into practice for tomorrow it's over the long haul and add to that perseverance godliness oh you've become like God at that point just when you think you've reached that point of godliness he said add to that godliness Brotherly kindness. It's back down to washing the feet and serving others. Add to that mutual affection, it says in the NIV, that brotherly kindness, that mutual affection, and add to that love, which is agape, which is that love that gives, expecting nothing in return. That's what God wants us to do. That's effective and productive ministry. And he goes on to say, Look at what he says in the next. If you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from becoming ineffective and unproductive. That's what we want, right? We want to be productive and effective. They will keep you from becoming ineffective and unproductive in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we want. And then there's the stinger at the end that I can't leave out. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. In other words, if you're not productive and effective, if you're not increasing in those things, then you're just a parasite. You're just saying, you know, I've got my ticket to heaven. Let everybody else worry about themselves. No, that's not what we want to be, and that's not what Paul was encouraging them to be. Whatever we do for Christ is not in vain. Though we may not know the results, our job is to be obedient, not to keep score. Well, verses 2 and 3 is ministry that is compelled by pure motives. That's a mark of transformational leadership. He said, we had previously suffered and been treated outrageously in Philippi. We'll talk about that in a moment. But with the help of our God, We dared to tell you his gospel in the face of strong opposition. It looks like they faced strong opposition in Thessalonica. That's why he's writing them. After Paul left Thessalonica, there was talk. There was talk, and he's addressing that in this letter. For the appeal we make does not spring from error or pure motives, nor are we trying to trick you. 
Remember what happened in Philippi, Acts 16, through 24. It said the crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. Don't glaze over that. I would dare say none of us in this room have ever been stripped of our clothing and beaten severely with rods as it tells us following. It says after they had been severely flogged with these rods, they were thrown into prison. No mention of, of medical help. They were thrown into prison and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. And he, when he received these orders, he put them in an inner cell where there was no ventilation. It was either suffocatingly hot or it was cold. And he fastened their feet in stocks where they couldn't move. And here's a picture of Philippi. When I took the picture, there were people in the way. It was a magnificent city during its heyday. And then I have another picture here of, of the jail. So this, this was part of the jail there in Philippi. And they marked this as the place where Paul was kept. And I asked our, our guide, Mehmet, who was from Turkey, I said, how do you know that was the jail cell? He said, it's the only jail in Philippi. I said, okay, that's good enough for me. So it was something like this. But you can see the crude nature of the jail as it was back then. Evidently, this strong opposition in Philippi carried over to Thessalonica, but they kept sharing the gospel. What does it take for us to stop sharing the gospel? A frown? A question? Maybe a better question for us is what will it take for us to start sharing the gospel? To being evangelist so that it, it reverberates. That like Sam said last week, I would, and I said the same thing last Saturday night, I want fellowship to be known as a church where people tell you about Jesus. They can't stop talking about Jesus. Just like those 12 apostles, 11 of them gave their lives for the cause. They were martyrs for the cause. Only John was left to continue telling the stories. He finished with the book of Revelation. That word, we weren't there to trick you. It's a word, a Greek word that's used of a fishing lure. Like using a lure to trick a fish into catching it. He says, we weren't there to trick you. We came out of pure motives. Out of pure motives to lead you to Christ. And they shared the gospel with them unashamedly. Verses 4 through 6. It's ministry that seeks God's blessing. God's blessing. Not the blessing of men. He says, on the contrary, we speak as those approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. We are not trying to please people, but God who tests our hearts. You know we never use flattery, nor did we put on a mask. Okay, for those of you who don't like to wear masks, there's your scripture right there. There's your scripture. Ed Parrish pointed that out to me after the first service. I didn't catch it, but there it is. Nor did we put on a mask to cover up greed. God is our witness. We were not looking for praise from people, not from you or anyone else, even though as apostles of Christ, we could have asserted our authority. They were approved by God to share the gospel, and so are we. So are we. 
The next statement is significant. He says, we were not trying to please people, but please God who tests our hearts. Oh, poor people pleasers. Poor people pleasers. Always trying to make everybody happy. Always just worried about what other people think. Do you know how many emails and phone calls I've gotten since March? Of people had, who had very, very different opinions about what fellowship should do during each crisis that came along. And the elders, we had to keep our eyes focused and our prayers, our ears listening to what we felt like God would have us do. If we seek to please all the people around us all the time, we'll never keep our eyes focused on Christ to please God. That's who you need to be listening to. Satan abuses people who are people pleasers because they're controlled by everyone around them. That's why here at Fellowship, we've always said we, we don't base our agenda off the last complaint we've got. Because if you do that, you just run from complaint to complaint to complaint. You set a focus with your mission and vision where you believe God has you go and you go there. You go there with all your heart. Not to please man, but to please God. Paul wasn't after their pennies or their praise. He didn't even ask them for financial support. He built tents in order to support himself. Verses 7 through 9. Ministry that demonstrates selfless love is a mark of transformational leadership. Instead, we were like young children among you. And he says that to show them that they were innocent as they were among them. We were like young children just as this is so interesting to me that this tough guy, Paul, he is tough that he uses this illustration. Just as a nursing mother cares for her children, so we cared for you because because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. They gave everything. They gave everything to the Thessalonians. Surely you remember, brothers and sisters, our toil and hardship. We work night and day in order not to be a burden to anyone while we preach the gospel to you. Now, what is this selfless maternal love? They say if you ever get between she and her cubs, you're in trouble. That if you get between she and her cubs, your life is in danger. Now, what am I talking about? No, not talking a bear. I'm talking about this mama bear. For 33 years around our house, she has been the one that you don't get between she and her cubs. And now with her grandchildren, it's her cubs as well. And that's Nene to the grandchildren. If they're ever hurt and you say, I'm here, they'll run right by you to Nene. That love of a mother that selfless love. Many of you have seen this before, but I just want to use it to remind you of the love of a mother. Watch this. Just give me one second. Thank sure. you. Sorry. Uh-huh. Hey. Hi. 
two minutes. Thank you. Hi, good afternoon. Sorry about hey, that. Oi. Hi, nice Hi. to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. Have you ever done one of these interviews over the camera before? No. Well, let me tell you a little bit about the job to get started with. It's not just um, a job. It's sort of probably the most important job. Uh, the title that we have going right now is Director of Operations, but it's really kind of so much more than that. Responsibilities and requirements are, are really quite extensive. Uh, first category for the requirements would be mobility. This job requires that you must be able to work standing up most or really all of the time, uh, constantly on your feet, constantly bending over, constantly exerting yourself, a high level of stamina. Uh, uh, okay. That's a lot. For how many, like, for how many hours? Uh, 135 hours to unlimited hours a week. It's basically 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I'm sure you'll have a chance from time to time to maybe just sit down here and there, yeah? Uh, you mean like a break? Yeah. Uh, no, there are no breaks available. Is, th is that even legal? Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. Okay, yeah. so like no lunch? You can or... have lunch, but only when the associate is done eating their lunch. Uh... I think that's a little intense. No, no not possible. That's crazy. Now this position requires excellent negotiation and interpersonal skills. We're really looking for someone that might have a degree in uh, medicine, in finance, and the culinary arts. You must be able to wear several hats. Associate needs constant attention. Sometimes they have to stay up with an associate throughout the night. Being able to work in a chaotic environment, if you, if you had a life, we'd ask you to sort of give that life up. No vacations. In fact, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, and holidays, the workload is gonna go up, and we demand that. With, with a happy disposition. Uh, that's almost cruel. <laughs> that's almost a, a very, very sick, twisted joke. But when there's time to sleep, or... Oh, no time to sleep. Yeah, all-encompassing, all almost. That's exactly right. 365 days a year? Yes. No, that's, that's inhumane. That's, that's very insane. The meaningful connections that you make and the, the feeling that you get from really helping your associate are immeasurable. Also, let's cover the salary. The position is going to pay absolutely nothing. Excuse me? No. Nobody's doing it for free. Yeah, pro bono. <laughs> completely for free. No! What if I told you there's someone that actually currently uh, holds this position right now? Billions of people, actually. Who? Moms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Moms. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> oh! <laughs> and they meet every requirement, oh, don't wow. they? Oh, my God. Moms are the best! Yeah, there's no pay. They're 24 hours. They're always there. Now I'm thinking about my mom. Yeah, and what are you thinking about her? I'm thinking about all those nights and everything. Thank you so much for everything you do. I know it doesn't seem like I appreciate all of it, but I definitely do. So, Mom, I want to say thank you for everything that you've done. I love you very much. You've been there through thick and thin. My mom is just awesome. She's awesome. <laughs> because it is, it's all-encompassing love, and that is what, you know, we had, we missed out on Mother's Day this year, we weren't, we're meeting, so I wanted to share that with you, but be reminded of that incredible love.
of a mother. And that's what Paul says. He says, that's how we loved you. We gave you not only the gospel, but our lives as well. In verse 10, he said, ministry that demonstrates holiness and righteousness is a mark of transformational leadership. He says, you are witnesses and so is God of how holy, righteous, and blameless we were among you who believed. The old saying, you can't take people where you haven't been yourself. We share that a lot around here with our staff. You've got to be a worshiper. You've got to be one who demonstrates holiness and righteousness if you want to lead other people to that same thing. The old gospel songwriter Eugene M. Bartlett wrote a poem. He wrote the song Victory in Jesus, which a lot of you would know. But he also wrote a poem and said, it's not the song you sing to me or the, song, or the hymn that set there, or the tune, excuse me, the tune that set there too. It is the life I want to see and know the things you do. For if the one who sings to me has failed to live his song, he fails to touch this heart of mine because his heart is wrong. A life of a transformational leader demonstrates holiness and righteousness in the lives of others. And then last of all, verses 11 and 12, ministry that encourages, comforts, and corrects is a mark of a transformational leader. For you know how we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children, encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom and glory. I think Paul had a tender side there. But he also encouraged people to take the next step. To take the next step and to, to grow in their faith. Just like those people I've talked to you about that helped me in that way. There was another lady. Her name was Charlene Bradford. In our little town, she was... She and her husband were the only black teachers in our school. And there in the Delta, they came in and they worked their way into our hearts. Coach Bradford used to call me dog meat. You sorry dog meat. I wasn't any good at basketball. But he loved me. I knew he did. And I loved him too. He's with the Lord now. And his wife, Charlene, taught the sixth grade. She was a tall lady. She was probably around 5'10", but I thought she was seven feet tall. I was scared to death of Miss Bradford. I remember one time she came back to my desk and holding a paper in her hand that I had turned in, and she said, don't you hand me chicken scratch like this again. I can't read that. You do that again. Yes, ma'am. Well, it came the end of the year, and it was time to to uh, get our yearbooks. You remember getting yearbooks? And you take it around for everybody to sign it. And you'd take it to all the girls and they'd write in there, roses are red, violets are blue. I love you, Mickey. Don't you love me too? No, they didn't write that. I just made it up. But I remember being in Miss Bradford's class and I wanted her to sign my yearbook, but I was scared to take my book up to her desk. But I finally got up the courage and I walked up there trembling and she said, you want me to sign your book? Yes, ma'am. 
She said, give it to me and go sit down. So I went and sat down at my desk and she started writing in it. A little bit, she brought it back there and she put it on my desk, didn't say a word. And I had started singing a little bit. I was in a little gospel quartet and started making my way around. I'd sing at something, some at school and stuff like that. And I opened that yearbook. And that lady that I thought hated me wrote this. She said, you have a gift. Use it. Don't abuse it or you'll lose it. Man, that spoke volumes to me about using whatever God had given me for him. I challenge you as a believer in Christ, there may be people in your life that you can encourage to take that next step forward and then another step and then another step. And the greatest gift that you can give those people who have invested in you is to pay it forward and to invest in someone else and let God bless it. But it's got to start with you. It's got to start with me right in here. Would you pray with me? Oh, Lord, grab our hearts. Grab our attention again. We get so distracted by all the stuff around us. But let us be single focused. Let us become followers of you, our maker, our master, our king. Let us follow Paul's example. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. to take the truth that we've experienced in this room and to take it and live it out there.
There's a couple of things I want to remind you of, and one is we are indeed grateful for the way that you have believed in the vision and mission of Fellowship Bible Church throughout all this time. And so many of you have continued to support that online, but we know one of the beautiful things for many of you of gathering again is giving as a part of your worship experience, and we want you to know you can still do that. As you leave and walk outside those doors on the rear outside wall, there are offering boxes that you can use to continue in that practice if that's what you prefer. And also just wanna remind you, each and every week, our prayer team is so excited for the opportunity to pray for you. And so if there's something in your life that you want them to lift up to the Lord, it would be their joy to do so. You can just go down to the prayer room and they won't meet you there. But God bless you. Have a great weekend.